0: Coming up this week, off-screen. Winston Churchill faces the darkest hour. We visit three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Suggs tells us his life story. Then Eric Clapton shares his in 12 bars. We look at a woman's life. And we'll meet the brawler. Of those come and more, off-screen. This is This is Off-Screen. Off-screen. Latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Connett. And I am Case Allen. Welcome to 2018, Mr. Allen, the darkest year of our adventures. So, <laughs> Not <laughs> the darkest hour. Not the darkest hour, we're getting to that next. Um, how was your Christmas, how was your New Year's? I did see you a couple of times, obviously. Uh, it was fine.
1: Um, I was gifted some Justice League socks. Ex- really? Yeah. Excellent. But-
0: I'm enjoying them more than Justice League Well, actually, to be fair, Justice League does deserve to be beneath your feet So you should walk on Justice League So it has socks, that works
1: I'm enjoying mixing, like, superheroes with superheroes So I I can have (laughs) Batman v Superman if I wish Well, you could also have Flash versus Wonder Woman There's no Wonder Woman there No, 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 because these are socks for men And apparently Hashtag,
0: girls wear socks too
1: Yeah Hashtag feminism. Yeah. I would have preferred to have like Wonder Woman socks as opposed to having like some cyborg socks, but what are you gonna do? What I know. What what, what, what? a world. What a world.
0: Don't we get cyborg on socks, <laughs> but not Wonder Woman. That is insane. Yeah. Oh oh before we begin uh the year effectively, I'm gonna take some time out and I'm gonna I'm gift you something that uh, I I so rarely get to do, which is uh you were right. Uh, You can feel free to say I told you so, because on New Year's Day this year, I sat and watched The Disaster Artist, finally. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... uh, (laughs) Did you like it? (laughs) Yes, Mr. Allen, yes, I did. Good. (laughs) I, I liked it very much. I very badly want to watch it a second time. I thought it was tremendous. James Franco is instantly brilliant in it. And even Dave Franco, I thought, was terrific.
1: Um, I, I, uh, I would like that even there to be stricken from the record sorry. because I think that he is no he is even, good yeah. anyway. Yeah. Dave Franco is terrific. Um, yeah. Do you know uh, who I really like? I really like Josh Hutchinson. You told me, yeah. I watch <laughs> him, like, yeah. Because if if you watch if you watch the room, the guy playing Denny. He is just—he is Denny. <laughs> He's the same guy. It's really um, funny. I
0: really like Seth Rogen in it as well. To... Yeah, Seth Rogen and Porsha are brilliant in it. If I would be honest with you, had I seen it before we compiled the top ten of the year, when you, of course, convinced me <laughs> to just allow you to have it in the top ten, um, based entirely on your recommendation. Had I seen it beforehand instead, I probably still would have agreed to have it in the top ten of the year. I thought it was terrific. That's good. So, you you win this one. You were right all along. This is me eating crow. There you go. It's (laughs) done. We're we're done. We're moving past it. We're good. So, first film news of 2018, Mr. Allen. What have you got for me? Let's go. Oprah's president. Oprah's president? Fantastic. Yeah. It's about time. I know. We,
1: uh... I, yeah, mean, I mean, we just slept until 2020 and now she's president.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous to imagine that someone could become president just for being on telly. I mean, imagine how ludicrous that notion would be.
1: Yeah, because now we've got someone that, like, owns a TV
0: network. Yeah. So, yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Or, you know, using the presidency to bolster an attempt at, I'm not even going to go there. I've not read the book yet. So apparently that is in there. No. Um,.
1: Yeah, and enough so Trump jokes.
0: Enough. <laughs> Oprah
1: was given the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Golden Globes for Cecil B. DeMille. The Cecil B. DeMille, yeah, that's the one,
0: yeah, and not without not without its its time, I suppose. Yeah, she's done absolutely. decades of amazing work. <laughs>
1: yeah, because she's obviously she's not known primarily as being a film actress or just an actress in general, but she has done a lot of amazing film work as well, as well as
0: being on TV. I used to watch Oprah in the late '80s on daytime TV. Oprah's amazing. Mm. I'm a big fan. Most of my knowledge of Michael Bolton comes from having watched Oprah in the late 80s and early 90s. And now he's got something of a career resurgence factor, alone, <laughs> yeah, hasn't,
1: hasn't he? Yes. Being, being a major cinephile.
0: <laughs> but, oh yes, he is a major, a major, major cinephile, cinephile. with well, a big yeah. sexy hook. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. um, but not just that, uh, Free Billboards won uh, Best Drama. We'll be reviewing that, of we'll course, in later. a bit. Uh, Lady Bird won Best Comedy slash Musical. Which you've
0: seen and I haven't. I really like. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. Um, and then Gary Oldman won. Saoirse uh, Ronan won. I'm trying to do all these the top of my head. Alison Janey won. Alison one, Sam Rockwell won. Mm-hmm. Other good people won as well. So two people great.
0: won for uh, three billboards. So that's.
1: Well, three billboards won four. Altogether,
0: ah, okay. Am I right in thinking the Bafta the Bafta nominations are out now as well, aren't they?
1: Yes, but we'll do those later on in the show.
0: That's fantastic. Should we say those for the podcast extras? So we can actually you can actually explain to me in because I've not had the chance. of have been off <laughs> I can explain
1: grid. to you what a Bafta is
0: if you could. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, a bath, but for for like uh, really chavvy people, like a Bafta. Yeah, uh, one of my uni lecturers uh, was a Bafta winner. Had uh, really two uh, Welsh Baftas. Mm. I think Alan's name is on the wall in Bafta somewhere. Hmm. but uh, in fact Alan's always telling me there is a name misspelled on the wall in BAFTA and he challenges me to find, to it. find it and uh, I'm not doing that Alan is a man who will give you a book he wrote that contains 7,000 films and one of them is made up and he challenges <laughs> you to find it I've, I've I, literally I got want, this book. I want that book <laughs> it's called Frank on Film and I, I'll, I'll loan you my copy I cannot find this fake film There are 7,000 in there. I can't find it. Sounds like a good afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do a Buffy montage where, you know, we're all wearing cardigans in a library, (laughs) montage, pouring over books. Let's do that. In the meanwhile, shall we do our first review of the year? Yes. So, uh, oh, let's plug plug, plug the podcast and the competitions first. We've got loads. So, uh, podcast edition, ACAST, iTunes, uh, go on there, pick your podcast platform of preference, and get more after the credits, including this year's first Moment of Cage. And it's a doozy, by the way. It's from one that hasn't even opened yet. So, oh, I think, really? I think we watched the trailer together. Oh, Those were for Mom and Dad. From Mom and Dad. Yeah. Um, competitions. We've got DVD copies of Rough Night to give away. We've got uh, copies of 78.52 to give away. The uh, Hitchcock Psycho Shower Scene. We review that together, didn't we? Mm. Um, Una. ...on Blu-ray to give away with Rooney Mara and Mm. Ben Mendelsohn. And I'm very happy about this one as well, Wind River on Blu-ray to give away, which I'm a huge fan of, as you know. So get along to uh, OnScreenFilm.com, go in the competition section, and we'll enter your details, win some swag, usual fun. In the meanwhile, The Darkest Hour... Of which I'm sure you've heard something. There have been <clears throat> murmurs. It's had decent advertising. Gary Oldman just won a Golden Globe. There is that. He won some globes. He's, yeah. So, uh, this is actually the exact same story that we were told last year in Churchill, the Brian Cox version of this. Uh, was that? Am I right in thinking it was Miranda Richardson played I his wife so, in that? Yeah. And it's Kristen Scott Thomas plays the wife here, and I can't remember the name of Churchill's wife. I, I, I confess, um, but of course, oh, remember, right, um,
1: Churchill's wife, yes, uh, Clementine.
0: Clementine, so. thank you. Yes, there we are. Um, Knowledge. There you go. So this, like Churchill, takes place in the space of a couple of days leading up to Dunkirk. Uh, leading up to Operation Dynamo, isn't it, Dunkirk? Mm. And Churchill having to make the decision of of what will become the events of Dunkirk. So you can actually, with both films, just go and watch Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk afterwards and have it serve as a sequel, which is quite a clever thing to do. Um, Gary Oldman is Churchill here. He is bolstered by very heavy prosthetic effects and the idea, of course, being like it was in Churchill. He has to stand his ground and assert that we don't need to surrender to the Germans. We can win the war and we will also, by the way, get all these boys home from... uh, uh, from the beaches in, in Dunkirk. Hislip. Uh, There's nothing heroic in going down fighting if it can be avoided. Nothing inglorious in trying to shorten a war that we are clearly losing. Losing! Europe is still... Europe is lost. And before our forces are wiped out completely, now is the time to negotiate in order to obtain the best conditions possible. Hitler will not insist on outrageous terms. He will know his own weaknesses. He will be reasoned. When will the lesson be learned? When will the lesson be learned? How many more dictators must be wooed, appeased? Good God, give it him mixed privileges before we learn. You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. I feel like the entire script was concocted around that line of dialogue. Because it's a good line. It's a really good good line. line. (laughs) And uh, the problem is, though, I mean, Gary Oldman delivers this entire film in pretty much that tone. That kind of, I'm fighting back the drool, but I've got (laughs) the big heavy effects on my cheeks kind of a thing. Um, there are moments in it that do strain the credibility of it. Uh, there's a sequence quite late on that takes place on a tube train, for instance, uh, in a tube car, that you just think, well, there's not a chance in hell this ever actually happened, and it feels really forced and, and done for the purposes of kind of stringing out as much melodrama as you can um it noticeably feels cartoonier than dun churchill did um i do think the performance is about on par with with brian cox offered um that film obviously didn't quite have the pedigree of this one which is mainly joe wright and joe wright you kind of expect good things in a wartime scenario from because well <laughs> atonement, atonement. <laughs> <laughs> we know i mean he did he did a sequence in dunkirk didn't he in atonement that that single shot yeah was it the this like what we call the sort of goodfellas sequence on the beaches of dunkirk mm. um and the thing is he's not really bringing an awful lot beyond the basic clout to this it does feel very much like Let's get the, the same old war rooms that we know everyone's hiring out for their World War II scenes, and we'll use those as well. And as such, it doesn't feel like there's an awful lot stylistically or cinematically being added here that, there ha- that you haven't already seen in other productions. Notably, one of the sets is actually shared with uh, Captain America the First Avenger, incidentally, which is a weird thing to notice in a Churchill movie. <laughs> um, Gary Oldman, though, it, it all hinges on him, and, I have issues with certain elements of the cartoonishness of the performance, but I think a lot of that is down to the makeup effects. And I kind of feel like I would rather have seen Gary Oldman do an actual physical transformation or just put some weight on and do it, even if he wasn't the same heft as Churchill himself. Um, I think that that's, would have been that's a lot of weight to gain. I and mean, just gain some weight. You don't Gary have to, don't a, go all the way. Thin and he also, is.
1: like he has some years on Christian Bale, who usually does that. Kind I was going to
0: say, I mean, Christian Bale, he would be, you know, he just pile it on in the shop, but he'd yeah. he be down the milkshake parlor before the ink was dry on his contract. Well,
1: you've you've seen how he looked now. <laughs> Very like, true. Uh, the Dick Cheney
0: film. Um, Lily James is kind of underused in a supporting role as the sort of the token, uh, the token female assistant that, that Churchill always has in these movies. Who we found out that Ella Purnell played in in Churchill. Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, basically the same role that Miranda Richardson had in mm-hmm. Churchill. You go away from it all, and you do kind of think, yes, it's enjoyable, but a lot of it because of having already seen the exact same story less than it, maybe it was like six months ago. Something like that it does feel kind of uh, repetitive. And I know that's not the film's fault. I know that, you know, you you can't plan release dates as as regards to other films, that's fine. But the problem is that you can effectively skip this, go and pick up a copy of Churchill from Sainsbury's when you're doing the shopping later, and you can literally watch the same film. And it only comes down to whether or not you prefer Brian Cox or Gary Oldman in this role. And given the award wins and everything, I think we can safely assume that, uh, you know, the powers that be do prefer Gary Oldman. So do do you think Gary Oldman is great in it? I think he's good. I don't think he's great. All right. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm going down there. But I, I'd say with Brian Cox, I liked Brian Cox. I didn't think he was mind-blowing or anything. And I do find it interesting that in both cases... Just a lot of people have been Churchill. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really true it, it is, it's the Henry VIII of politics, isn't it? You have to play, like, like playing Henry VIII or John Lusko has been him, Timothy Spauld has been him <laughs> Exactly When did Timothy Spauld do? I can't remember that one now King's Speech King's, Thank you um, That's the other thing as well There's certain creative decisions in this film that you kind of think Why have you done that? Uh, ben Mendelsohn turns up as the King, for instance yeah. Who James Purefoy played in Churchill And of course Colin Firth famously played in the, in the King's Speech, speech. Um, And Jared Harris plays in McCrane. the Crown Thank you, I was going to ask, I've not watched the Crown You should. It's good. Um, Well, Ben Mendelsohn plays it here. And what Joe Wright has chosen to do here is to set his king in a seemingly abandoned palace that has no staff or family members in it. You only ever see this king alone in a very, very large room. Hmm. It's a very weird creative decision. Can't figure out why they do it, but eh, never mind. Uh, I I liked it. I didn't think it was mind-blowing, though. And I think after Pan, I think Joe Wright needed mind-blowing. And this this just felt a little bit... This, At least
1: it's a step up from Pan.
0: It's a step up from Pan, but then again, what isn't? Mm. And, you know, I'll be honest, I did kind of think it needed some uh, Hugh Jackman singing uh, Nirvana, but uh, you can't have it all. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Alan. So uh, where are we going to go next? What are we going to do now? Uh, we have this all written down and we just don't check it. Uh, oh, we have top five. Do you want to do the top five? I do want to do the top five. Then let's do the top five. Number five. Pitch Perfect 3. Apparently it's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. No, it's not funny. It's not clever. It's not wise. Not Even even the soundtrack's not particularly any good. And that's something of an a cappella movie. Uh, you know, you've got John Lithgow turns up doing this horrible Australian accent because apparently we need to combine this with a spy movie now. Uh, it feels really past its time. It feels like it's gotten nasty rather than witty like it used to be. And, yeah, you just come away from thinking that was just a void of time. That was, there was barely a film. It was a void of time. I'm always on record as saying you could basically review the Alvin the Chipmunks movies by simply buying the soundtrack. And sparing yourself ninety minutes, you could do that here as well. In fact, you'd enjoy the film more if you did. Uh, I take it there's a tweet um, at Bernard Zero Five One One. Okay, says
1: Ak amazing finish. I hate myself for saying <laughs> that. You died to totally side Acker awesome. <laughs> <laughs> franchise. In fact, he doesn't even write franchise. He puts fran- Franchi, Franchi, or fr- okay, or, or franchi? franchise. Yep. Don't know if it's typo. Don't know if he just like ran out of characters and decided to like sacrifice two of them. Well, you got to commit to these things, man. There's more. Uh, thank you, pictures. One can grow. <laughs> this is quite. This is quite good, actually. Go on. uh, one can grow his abs just laughing so hard at Fat Amy's comic antics. Ha! <sighs> <sighs> Um, hashtag Pitch Perfect 3 At Rebel Wilson So she'll see that And she'll she'll be happy I guess Good well, for her Well at least
0: someone's Going to be happy Because of this movie Number four Molly's Game Not Molly's Chambers <laughs> Well I, I know But it was as close As I could find <laughs> It was out of that, li- that Or the line from Whiskey in the Jar Which went back home To Molly But mm, uh, Something to do with Molly so It had to be a Molly Somehow um, But yeah So you saw this You like this I believe, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah I, now you and I are both. Different. I I really like Sorkin. That's though. the thing. We're, we're both great, we're I, both I, talking is. fanatics, and uh, yeah,
1: I thought it was good. I thought his screenplay was as as good as Steve Jobs, and I think it's
0: promising for him as a director. I thought that as well. Um, actually, I was amazed at how because I'm sure I've asked you this before. Did he direct any episodes of The West Wing? No, I think no. the majority of ones that he wrote was um, uh, Thomas Schlamme. Oh, directed. Okay. Well, this is the thing. It just felt so... Uh, his, his direction felt so refined, so almost effortless in, in how stylistic and, and great it actually was, mm. that I did... I thought he had to have cut his teeth on television.
1: He's just... He's worked with some amazing directors, I guess. He really has. So.
0: Um, and this is a, this is an amazing debut, as you say. Uh, great performance. Amazing performance from Jessica Chastain. Yeah. I really She's love incredible. her in this. Yeah. And uh, Idris... Always He's the man. Yeah, He's, I thought it just was really, really
1: good. I feel like you could have had like Sterling K. Brown, and it would have maybe been.
0: A I think little might bit. have
1: elevated it a little bit. Yeah. I think that would have added class. I think to
0: that. Yeah, but, but I I don't want to take anything away because I did think it was a good performance. No, it was. It was a genuinely terrific performance. I thought the film was really interesting. I think you'll never <laughs> look at let's just say, Player X the same way again. The yeah, real one, yeah, not the fake who, one. You know who that was we as well. We all know.
1: E- um, Google-y. We all know who yeah. it is. Just um, going back uh, to uh, Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. Um, did you hear about a couple of weeks ago That Aaron Sorkin said if he was to do a revival of the West Wing, yeah. it would be Bartlett is something of like an advisor
0: to the new president. Yes. The new president would be Sterling K. Brown. That would be amazing. I would I would watch oh, the hell out of that yeah. show. So do we have a tweet about Molly's Game? Has anyone seen it? Um,
1: yeah, Matthew Port has seen it. Okay. Um, I know there's tons of movies at the box office right now, but Molly's Game is definitely a must-see. True story, and if you like the social network, you'll love this one.
0: Hashtag Molly's Game. But, do you know what? That's succinct and fair enough, I would say. Number three. The Greatest Jackman. Every time I see a poster or anything for The Greatest Jackman, that uh, 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 plays in my head. <laughs> that is actually a button that just takes place in it, my mind. It. it is a bit. Yeah. And that song, by the way, needs to win Best Song at the Oscars. I think we had this discussion I don't, I don't know what its composition is, really. Well, I think the hard, fast rule for Oscars should, for when it comes to songs should be if your movie features what's clearly going to become the all-encompassing, uni- unifying rallying cry for the LGBT <clears throat> community for the next couple of Full years... bearded ladies. You should absolutely give it an oscar yeah um, let it well, go I've got one so that,
1: that being said there's two amazing songs by Sophia stevens on uh, call me by your name and i feel like ah. one of them will be nominated
0: i think that and one it, will and it'll be between that and this who is the uh the the, the band on uh call me by your name because it is someone isn't it of note Sophia stevens that's it yeah you. couldn't remember apparently has some connection to luca guadagnino I believe. Like he's he's I'm, I'm
1: not sure. Maybe maybe no. worked again together in the past, but he's he's done two songs for it and I think some of the actual score oh, I think okay.
0: he's been part of well I liked a great showman very much um, I don't think it's you know critical darling by any stretch no, of the imagination it's not. <laughs> really not Yeah, I've not seen it but I strangely uh, it. members of the public uh, friends, really of, mine, like even, friends yeah. of mine who've seen it have absolutely adored it and I can see why because it is just a good time movie I mean yes you have to overlook certain true story elements in there because there is not a chance in hell that P.T. Barnum was this nice and good natured person ever I mean this is the man who was Ghostbusters Reminder. First got the idea to enslave elephants, but yeah, we we don't we don't want to hate Hugh Jackman. (laughs) You don't want to hate Hugh Jackman, and that's the thing. The movie is really you you say the greatest Jackman. You could call this the greatest Jackman, and it would absolutely work. It's very much the case of, by the way, Hugh Jackman killed. We've gotten rid of Wolverine now, but let's remind us he can do other things. And it's a hell of a reminder. He has genuine showmanship. And uh, the pairing of him with Zac Efron is just brilliant. Yeah, can't it's, believe that it's taken so long It happens. seems so obvious, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a great... They're a great double act. I hope they team up again sometime. I hope it's in a slightly more critically well-received movie. But, yeah, swings and roundabouts. Over to you, sir. So, at... Larriez, Ruben just have better names, people. (laughs) Uh, You can't
1: tear people apart for their names. I can. I I turn myself apart for my own name. I say, why are you not case with a C? Talk to my mum because I definitely won't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) At Greatest Showman is the hashtag #Moulin Rouge of this decade. Uh, Hmm. Catchy songs, amazing, 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 (laughs) amazing Sean Connery impersonations, Uh, amazing uh, choreographies and incredible sets. You cannot miss it. Hashtag, this is me.
0: You know what? I'm a fan. I I don't necessarily... Just go to the next one. I don't even think Moulin Rouge was the Moulin Rouge of that decade. But never mind. We'll we'll talk another time. Number two. The Jedi film. (laughs) 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 So, Star Wars The Last Jedi, which um, has made all the money in the world... Which is amazing, because all the money in yes. the world didn't even get to number five. It stayed at number six. <laughs> oh, the irony. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Um, it, it cost all the money in the world for 1, retops. 1. 1.2 billion or something. Yeah, it's now crossed the billion threshold. I love, by the way, Star Wars has now paid for itself uh, in, in Disney's eyes. Oh, yeah, it's, it's gone yeah. past 4 billion. Because the 4 billion they paid for Star Wars, they've now gotten back. That's amazing. It took, them what, three films? That's Good, good that, work. That's good work. Good effort. Yeah. yeah, three films, and you made back 4 billion. Yeah, yeah, and like, that's not counting
1: merchandising. What yeah, was, it's not counting. The I wonder numbers. how much we've just made on merchandising in the last. Does few George years?
0: Lucas still take his share of the merchandising?
1: I I thought that was it. Like, Is he disconnect from 4. it? Now? Four point two.
0: Huh. Yeah. Oh well, never mind. Um, I like Last Jedi. You like Last Jedi. We both think it's brilliant. Uh, there are a lot of people who don't. Uh, that doesn't seem to seem to have stopped them from seeing it multiple times. So academically, what does it matter? Um, but yeah, I like, what does all of this matter? <laughs> <laughs> it's very true, isn't it? We, we, but, we are just delaying
1: the inevitable. Just two-hour films at a time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, have you, I think you got a tweet on Last Jedi for us. I mean, is it someone who loved it? Someone who hated it? I don't know. Um, yes,
1: at Johnny Hoey. Okay. Yeah, the Last Jedi has enriched my viewing of the original trilogy. Oh, okay, good. I didn't expect that, but it absolutely does. Sequ- yeah, Let's start that again. The sequel trilogy has been a blessing so far. One chapter to go. hashtag
0: Star Wars. Do you know what, that's, actually, that's an upbeat and positive yeah. analysis. Hashtag, hashtag be quiet, everyone else. Number one.
1: To Manji, Welcome to the Jungle is a song by Guns N' Roses. <laughs>
0: Which they presumably bought and then thought we've got to use.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little bit like using the Immigrant Song in Ragnarok. Yeah. Like, we've paid all this money, we are using it three times.
0: Admit it, though. When they, when you actually saw Thor Ragnarok for the first time and the song actually played, you whooped inside. I, that, I did. I did. Oh, oh my man. god! Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did. Things that almost got me kicked out of the cinema. Screen. <laughs> and you, having worked at the cinema, should know better, sir. I, who have seen that in a, in a cinema screen, should have known better. By the way, speaking of uh, people in cinemas, can I just issue a request to yes. uh, Women of the World? Um, women of the World, if you're sat in a screening room as I was last night, please do not sit there exaggeratingly playing with your long hair, because it's very distracting. Men can uh, have long hair too men too men too to be fair but generally hashtag sp-
1: menimism <laughs> <laughs> hashtag men can have funny, when, it, when it happens
0: to me it's only ever women in cinemas
1: oh right yeah. and uh, yeah that's because you've complained about it once and now everyone they
0: follow complaint. me around yeah. uh, but it was only like 30 second burst about four times through the movie so I couldn't really flip my lid so you know annoyingly and, uh, when it was during the movie shame I kicked off just so you know <laughs> You're getting in the way of Michael Fassbender's giant
1: penis. Go away. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. nothing can defeat the penis. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Jumanji, I loved it. I think. Uh, I think yeah, you had a good I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, Jack Black.
1: It's, it's made loads of money. It
0: really has. Yeah, and this is really impressive. But
1: it came out on the 20th of December. Yeah, and it is now the number one film after like Star Wars has dropped off. I know it's, it's gone, and it's gone up like everywhere in the world. It's the number one film in America.
0: It's Sony's biggest hit in years, isn't it? Like yeah, it's since, it's
1: crossed half a billion. Now.
0: Since a Spider-Man film. I, I think that isn't a Spider-Man film, I think.
1: I believe so, yeah. Um, and I think it is I think it was only 90 million or something like it was
0: I mean, it, only 90 million, but in for, context, so that's
1: pretty cheap. Exactly. For for what it is and who we've got in it as well.
0: I know. Is there anything DJ can't do?
1: There's got to be a sequel to it. You know? <laughs> I think
0: I think it'd be they'd be idiots not to explore the idea now. I don't know where you go, but I'd be interested to see where. Maybe it becomes a board game again. I don't know. I feel like cause maybe, yeah. you can't evolve it even more because that kind of defeats the object. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe it turns itself into a game of Twister, but There'd Be some kind of a play on VR, you would imagine. Or oh, VR would be good. Yeah, yeah. But oh well. Like, yeah. so it would... like the
1: entire world of Jumanji becomes our world, kind of thing. That would be good. But I don't know how you do that on that budget.
0: <laughs> I have no idea. I loved it, though. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah, I, 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 would, a, I
1: would like to see it again, actually.
0: Is there a tweet on the matter? Anyone? There is uh, indeed. Anyone love or hate? We never can tell. Do they love or hate?
1: Uh, I know. Ooh, the, the excitement. <laughs> uh, Brady Chan says, Watched a to mansion today. Man, it was a good movie. Oh, we're okay. good. Would recommend it if you want a good laugh. So that and recommend for a dream buzzier two feel good films, but I think you
0: should. Watch. <laughs> that's absolutely fair. So uh, before we do, Eric Clapton, you want to give me a quick piece of film news? Something? Uh, I do. Go on. I'm, I'll you take. I'll take anything at this point, Alan. Anything. anything.
1: Uh, Netflix have confirmed a Bright sequel is in the works. Oh,
0: good god! I've only watched about twenty minutes of Bright.
1: I've seen the whole thing. I have didn't you? hate it.
0: Did you not hate it?
1: No. Uh, it's it's a bit problematic
0: in areas. Well, it's definitely got its too.
1: issues. I think Joe Edson's really funny in <laughs> it.
0: Um, I'll finish watching it then I,
1: th- I think Will Smith is now at a point in his career where he's just like, I've passed on so many things that have ended up being great, I'll just say yes <laughs> to anything
0: Yeah, remember when you passed on The Matrix, Will? Yeah Remember the... <sighs> when you passed on Django Unchained, Will? Yeah, these are some weird choices yeah. for like who, who, the man who was once the biggest star on the planet But That's it, And like, at least he's taken a chance and they have really good chemistry together Do you think Will Smith think looks really at really Dwayne Johnson again. with just seething hatred in his eyes? I should be Black Adam, damn it. (laughs) I'm actually black. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly how that should work. I
1: mean, to be fair, I I like him as Deadshot. He's one of the three things that work for me in Suicide Squad.
0: Were the end credits the second thing? No. um... Was the the Warner Brothers logo at the very, very end, signalling the end of the movie the third thing? (laughs) Could you just move all your money from Marvel out of the way? Oh, yeah, sorry. The stack of critic bribery cash, just <laughs> yeah. it keeps getting in the way. What do we do with all no, this No, The other
1: two things were uh, Margot, Margot Robbie and Viola uh, Davis.
0: Uh, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, and okay. then the rest
1: of it... Trash fire, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> floating in the sky that they've got to like beat for some reason. That's badly lit. Yeah, yeah there's blue. But um, no, I, I think a bright sequel would be good. I think what we need, we just need more of like the mythology. I have that, heard that Chris that they like
0: against it. start yeah. in the first film and yeah. So I would something that you might be able to. It might be more interesting actually than I was. Um, Eric Clapton, A Life in Twelve Bars. Um, I'm yes. not. I'm not particularly in the know on Eric Clapton. It, it, uh, as you, as it I'm sure this is a complete shock to you that I'm not I particularly a, fight, a fan of yeah. yeah this has blown your mind I can tell um so this really is a biographical documentary about the life of Eric Clapton pretty much from then to not really now but mm, 10 years ago say mm. and uh, notably it leaves out any mention of of uh, crow but uh yeah still um so that's it. it it's a life in 12 bars it shows you his rise as a blues guitarist uh, how he joined cream and right he's iconic career Birds, solo stuff BB King all that jazz all that jazz literally all that jazz we have a clip there was really no break from it it was like a constant musical party everybody came over to this there was always a lot of cocaine a lot of mandrax which is kind of like equated LST, LSD mescaline and a lot of pot a lot of hash knew something was wrong with Eric. He just wasn't himself. He was very distracted all the time. And then when I saw Patty, I saw him kind of perk up a little bit. And he had a lot of pictures of her around, like modeling pictures. I think that was even bigger than his music because he seemed to be so obsessed.
1: Man, he loved drugs. He did. He, he loved the loved, drugs. He loved him.
0: Loved the drugs, and he loved Patty, apparently. And Patty was uh, George Harrison's wife, and this is quite a big point in the documentary they they go into that relationship in something of a really strange detail yeah. and george harrison does not come off looking that good to be really honest
1: no they were very 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 good friends
0: yeah he, he, he never seemed to smile either no. but uh, there's a very frank discussion of what he thought of the beatles by the way that uh, will amuse the hell out of you yeah. but uh, i don't know an awful lot about eric clapton uh, beyond sort of the, the basic cliff notes uh certain songs for instance um and uh you look i know you're mystified but as soon as we played the clip you were dancing around the room and I, this is obviously more for you than me i don't think it's a bad film at all um in fact i thought it was quite interesting i think the problem inherent to this is and this is not specific of just this film there's a lot of films specifically of musicians that are like this and it's where there's not an awful lot to hang a narrative hat on beyond went from a to b to c and what they've done here is they've structured this film kind of like a song and the chorus they keep going back to is the story of his mother... He, there's a there's a story that his, his mother was actually his sister, and his mother had abandoned him. And they go back to this story and the feelings that brought up in him, and it circles back there quite often in the way that the song will, for instance, spool back to being the chorus. Um, the film ends on something of a of a downbeat note with the, the story of his son, for instance, and it's and it's dealt with quite frankly, and and because he's he's quite a vocal uh, you know component of this film, he provides a very refreshing tale, very honest and very. A very raw take on everything that goes on. I believe on. he's doing
1: a QA um a couple, in a couple of days It's going to be broadcast live into cinemas. I, I, can, think,
0: I can I can see think that.
1: that's on the 12th of January off the top of my head. I feel like that's to be honest, I think like yourself, being a fan, I think you would get an awful lot out of it. It's weird. I I wouldn't necessarily call myself a fan, but because I've I guess like I've I've been around guitar so long and I've played guitar for so long
0: and he's kind of royalty though to you, I mean, even if you're not a fan, I think.
1: Yeah I and mean, everyone everyone learns Layla. <laughs> That's very true.
0: <laughs> very true. And
1: one of the first songs everyone learns is um, "A Sunshine of Your Love." Like, uh, again, very true. Yeah. So even even if you're not a fan, you will have probably attempted one of those
0: they are like, yeah, yeah. most iconic some of the most iconic works uh, a friend of mine actually named after Layla would you believe really and, uh, yeah. but no um, I definitely think, definitely recommend it to you I, I think, think the Bad Love is out. my favourite Eric Clapton song really if, uh, Yeah. there were surprising <laughs> Such number of, I can't name any off the top of my head but there were a surprising number of songs in this in this documentary that I didn't realise were Eric Clapton songs yeah, he's one of those artists. Yeah, he's like, oh my God, yeah. that was
1: him? Okay. Do you know what's funny? We're going to be talking about a film about um, uh, Suggs from yeah. Madness. I went to go see Madness with my wife a couple of years ago. We got mm-hmm. free tickets. And my wife was like, oh, yeah, I can, I can go to it. It's free. I only know about two or three songs. I was going to say,
0: did she think of House of Fun uh, she, band?
1: Yeah. She she was like, I know Baggy Trousers, I know House of Fun. And then she knew like most of the set. They are a band like that as well. Yeah. Where there's a lot. She knew, can... she knew like 12 songs.
0: I get that with Squeeze. Like there's yeah. a lot of Squeeze songs that I didn't realize. I love Squeeze. Oh, that's them. Yeah, Take Me I'm Yours is one of my favorite songs ever. Favorite song ever. I don't ever. know what my favorite was. Too
1: many Pulling muscles from Michelle is amazing. Ooh, that's good. Tampson is good. Okay, we're, we're yeah. going way off
0: topic. And we talk talk about, about music, about, but let's, uh, let's be a Holland, music. Podcast, so. Right, so let's let's come back and do some shotgun reviews with the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen. On screen radio show. I really want to watch Robocop again now. So, um, actually, I caught a bit of Robocop 3 the other night on Sky Cinema. Oh, poor you. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it is yeah. so bad, isn't it? Oh, it
1: sucks. Yeah.
0: Yes, and that's what happens when you let Frank Miller write a movie. But, uh, okay, so uh, let's talk. We've got three we'll get through really quickly then. Uh, Should we talk well, about. Shotgun uh, it. Shotgun it. Let's talk about. The Brawler. So this is otherwise known as a uh, Bollywood film. It runs to two hours twenty five minutes complete, oh, and then there's an intermission on top of that. Um, I I love a Bollywood. I, I love a good Bollywood. I was a big fan of Superstar, if you remember. Was that like mm, three Superstar or four? Was great. Three or four months ago, I think. Something like that. But uh, this is nowhere near as uh, as, as engaging, <clears> for <throat> instance, as that was. It also seems a lot lower rent, actually. It seems uh, <clears throat> like this was made clearly on the cheap. Uh, this stars uh, Rajesh Thailang, and uh, he's really the only face I recognised in it, to be honest. Uh, it is the story of a lower caste sort of, you know, street hustler boxer trying to make his way up the boxing world. He... Trains in a gym that's owned by the local crime lord and then finds himself falling for the crime lord's daughter. Right. So, you know, so far, so predictable. You can kind of see where all this is going straight yeah. off the plot description. Uh, we haven't got a clip, obviously, for foreign language reasons. Um, It's just... It just feels like this has been... So- strung together to save as much money as humanly possible. It seems to take place largely in this same town square, Mm. for instance. Um, And the performances don't really sell you at all at any point in it. There's also a very weird tonal inconsistency, which is, you know in that way that Bollywood films, whether they're doing it intentionally or not, they have a sort of a family-friendly appeal to them. This maintains that sort of family-friendly wink-wink, nudge-nudge charm, yet at the same time features... I, feel, I can't name any of these because Ofcom reasons. Right. You are, you get subtitles for the actual songs that are playing at any given point. And some of the lyrics in them are genuinely mystifying. You just, I, as I say, I can't legally repeat them. But there's something, it's like, surely kids are going to see this. I mean, I've got to check the age rating. It's, there's no age rating on, on IMDb for it. Um, but I was just like, how off-topic are these? and also they rhyme in English which is even weirder but you know swings and roundabouts move on to the next one A Woman's Life no. What is this? What is okay. this all <laughs> about? So, a woman's life is imaginatively <laughs> enough the story of a woman's life. Um, it is, uh, this is a French movie. It stars, I'm just bringing up the, the page. It's called Une Vie originally. Actually, it actually was released, I think, about two years ago in France. Um, this is the story of Jeanne, who is actually sort of a woman grows up on a farm and it is her life and times. It's the, the trials and tribulations of being a woman. In this time, in the nineteenth century, basically just living on a farm. It stars uh, Judith Shelmer as as Jean, and she's she plays she runs the gambit from sort of late teenage years to like her fifties, and she does all this with seemingly no makeup effects, and yet it's absolutely convincing. It's the most bizarre <laughs> bizarre performance in that you absolutely believe it, despite there being no physical sort of component to it, no no uh, no bolted on like makeup effects or anything mm. like that. Um, written and directed by uh, Stephane Brze. I uh, I found this really well made, really well shot, really well acted, and I think the, the biggest problem with it is um, that it's, it's, it's one of those films that just hammers you with downbeat story points over and over again. You come out the end of it thinking, okay, so a woman's life sucks, the movie's great and everything, but... A woman's life in this case Absolutely sucks There is no light At the end of this tunnel Whatsoever Bar the sweet release of death
1: So it's not like uh, What woman wants Where Mel Gibson Realises that he needs To be uh, a better man And uh, much like The Pearl Jam song and, uh, yeah, just just be nice to women. Because that's what happened in real life, wasn't it?
0: That's exactly what happened to Mel Gibson in, yeah. in real life. I mean, he's,
1: he's, he, he called her Sugar Face, I believe. Yeah, he's, he's very fond yeah.
0: of female law enforcement officers, obviously. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> but, um, no, I thought uh, it's a really well-constructed film and definitely an amazing performance from uh, Judith Shelmer. But I think it, it, it's a bit much. What was the film we had recently? We had a French film about four months ago that was a very similar thing. It was about the young boy who uh, had an accident. He was on life support. going it's going the machine turned off and it was about his family and you just sat there thinking it was an emotional walloping because of just how much horrible stuff you had to sit through this is a very similar thing and so i'd say is just, just take some tissues with you when you see it uh, but if if it's gonna drain you an awful lot take a pillow as well on to sugs then Hey. You've been looking forward to this. A Sugs My Life Story. Sugs is great. This oh, is this is a weird combination of a film. I, I went into this and said, well that's the question. What's this going to be? Is it going to be the next Moonwalker? Or is it going to be the next Bula Bula Quo? Who knows? Remember Bula Bula Quo? Remember that? I can't that was awful. Moonwalker. That was terrible. A Bula Bula Quo. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: What was the first film you said? Moonwalker. <laughs> You're
0: saying Moonwalker's a good film. No, <laughs> I wasn't saying I, I just I was giving you just other films, frames of reference of films that had musicians in them. You uh, or have we, have
1: said, I don't know, Purple Rain.
0: Oh yeah! Didn't yeah, yeah Why yeah. do I think oh. of Moonraker before Purple Rain?
1: I mean, say, my mother would say, be ashamed like, of me a before you say. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay.
0: Mostly. laughs> All right, Mayor Copper, Mayor Copper. So this is like half sketch comedy, half music hall uh, show, half sta- uh, part stand-up. Oh, it's so not just a straight biopic no not at all so basically sorry so basically this opens in the music hall Suggs comes on stage in a nice suit sits in a nice wingback chair Coffee and says sucks. right so i just turned 50 and my cat died <laughs> uh, that's literally how this opens i turned 50 and on my 50th birthday my cat died and then it cuts to him in the bath and he's still continuing the dialogue so it actually cuts from the music hall to an actual sort of sketch bit where the dialogue continues unabridged, uninterrupted. Mm. And he continues the, the diatribe from within the sketch and it cuts back to the music hall. And it does this a lot. And at different points, you see him projected onto buildings, continuing it. And it's kind of
1: like in Bronson,
0: where Bronson like is on, that, yeah. on stage and then, yeah. And so this, this all goes down the route of his cat dies. So he goes to see his mum in Soho and he decides to go on a little quest to learn about his dad, who he didn't know an awful lot about. That's the movie. And occasionally he'll stop and sing a song, music hall style, <laughs> a, a cover of an actual Madness song. And, oh right, I, <laughs> So we'll, we'll, we'll go to his house and he'll start singing My House. Basically, <laughs> <Exactly>, yes. <laughs> that is exactly
1: and it. And then you'll meet his wife and he'll start singing My Girl. <laughs> he does. All well, t- the songs start with the word
0: my. <laughs> he, he does drop in a lot of words. Uh, oh, of it's radical. our house, not my house. My apologies. Oh, oh, it's our house. Isn't it's our it? house, yeah. not my house. Sorry. Well, I I went along with it, so I didn't. And I'm leaning down a path. So. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, there's, there's a lot of anecdotal stories in there as well, um, like how he met his wife for instance, things like that. Um, he is an entertaining presence, as as you well know. You've you've seen him on stage. I've seen him. Um, have. in terms of being a more dialogue-driven uh, sort of uh, project for him, it it's surprising how how well he actually serves as a music hall comedian. And there's something very Harry Hill-like about it's almost Harry hill like um I did notice <laughs> I did notice that the older critics in the screening room laughed their asses off and younger ones myself included minorly chuckled I would compare the experience to hanging out with your uncle for an hour and a half that's exactly how I would compare the I text Calvin straight after the I've, I've just found the closest cinema will ever come to replicating an hour and a half in a pub with your father in law for the afternoon and it is exactly that. It is like hanging out with your your cool uncle for an hour and a half. It is something that they need to release on DVD ahead of Father's Day because this is the gift for next year. So there's some copies of Only the Brave, and that's basically <laughs> it. If you've ever been a Madness fan, and there's a fair few in the world, I know, uh, definitely check this out. Um, if you find Suggs faintly amusing even, go. He he is very funny in this. And he does get the best sign-off to a movie you'll have seen in some time. And I don't want to spoil I'm it for you, it, it. but uh, it's... Actually, the trailer does spoil it, incidentally. So don't watch the trailer. But uh, it is it is worth a watch, I would say. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back. So, Mr. Allen, you've seen it, I've seen it. Let's talk, then, about three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. So, uh, this is latest from which which McDonough is this one? Martin. This is Martin McDonough. So, this is In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths McDonough, yeah. not The Guard, John Michael McDonough. No. They, Dif- are, different they, are, they so, are brothers, though.
1: They are. They're okay. like not related to Neil McDonough, who
0: is Damien Dark in no. Amaro, <laughs> which I said earlier. I stupidly thought the brother was Neil McDonough. So, <laughs> this stars Francis McDormand as, uh, as, as a mother. It basically trying to find answers trying to find resolution in the unsolved murder of her daughter her daughter who yes. was she a teenager she was late teens she was, i think she's was, she was like 15 16 we never quite get they never really sketch out the daughter that much because it's not really an integral part of the film
1: no um she yeah she she goes to school at one point so i think it's assumed that like her hmm. daughter was oh, okay that's in like high
0: school well she what she does is she hires three billboards conveniently outside Ebbing, missouri hence the clever title and yeah and uses them to post messages to taunt the local police for having not solved her daughter's murder and they literally go to uh you know uh raped raped whilst dying uh, still no arrests why sheriff why you know and of course the town sheriff played by uh, woody harrelson and his deputy played by sam rockwell quickly take issue with this, and it's, it's, a spur, it's a it's a spurring moment to kick them along to actually try and resolve something with this murder. Uh, we have a clip. Hey there, Mildred. You didn't happen to pay a visit to the dentist today, did you? No. Ah, huh? I said no. Oh, so it wasn't you who drilled a little hole in one of big, fat Jeffrey's big, fat thumbnails, no? Of course not. Huh? I said, of course not. You drilled a hole in the Dennis, dentist? No, I didn't. I thought it was kind of funny myself, but he wants to press charges, so we're going to have to bring you in, I'm afraid. Woody Harrelson there, and how much do you love that scene? I just love this film I love the film <laughs> uh, so you saw this before I did and actually and, and took the time to actually get in touch with me and say you need to watch this immediately I need to know what you think of it I never take the time to get in touch with anyone so
1: I know so I felt must, very I must felt, be
0: good yeah I thought this this must be earth-shakingly good otherwise mm. I would never get a text from case um, <laughs> but um, yeah you didn't undersell it you really didn't undersell it I adored this film um, I think I, it, it's a film so good that it makes me want to go and revisit Seven Psychopaths and see if there was more to that than I think there was because I think it was a, a lackluster follow-up to uh, in Bruges*. Yeah. But but I have to add fun. I, I think it's good. I like it, but... So, let's talk... What did you love about this film? What did you love and why? Sam McCall is great. He is great. I think it's a great performance <laughs> for a very
1: well-written role. Yeah. I mean, it's a hell of a part. For of... someone who has been, like, consistently
0: this amazing character actor for 20 years. He, he has, hasn't he now? Yeah. But you know, that's the thing? I remember him in... I I don't remember seeing him before Galaxy Quest in, like, 97. Really? No. 99 Galaxy Quest. I don't remember seeing him before Galaxy Quest in Um, 99. I guess, yeah, it would have been Galaxy Quest. I that was the big one.
1: Confessions, Green Mile. It's all around the same kind of time. Oh, he
0: is in Green Mile, isn't he?
1: There's a really amazing film he's in that's directed by the Russo Brothers, and I can't remember what it's called. Well, we'll
0: find that one. It's got
1: George Clooney in it as well. Oh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. No. Oh, no, okay. R- the Russo's directed it. It's Welcome to Something. Oh, Welcome to Collinwood.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Another one. Yeah, that's like 2005, I want to say. It's great, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, but, but great cast here on the whole. Francis McDormand is amazing <laughs> in the lead. Yeah, I think she's probably the front runner now. I mean, she's got to be. But anyway, if there is someone more deserving of an Oscar without her seen, in this, film, we've not
1: seen of Water yet. We
0: haven't. And but you certainly, it's got it's going to be an amazing performance if it over, if it overtakes Francis yeah. McDormand. Uh, so uh, Woody Harrelson, I thought, got to do something quite different actually here. Yeah, um, it played to all the strengths of Woody Harrelson, but also a lot more depth, a lot a darker a depth as well mm. than I would have expected. Caleb Landry Jones. Yeah, it's really good in a small part. Good little part, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kerry Condon as well, actually I was quite amused to see him there. Yeah, uh, John Hawks is good, pops up. Right. I always love John Hawks. Here's the thing, right? I love John
1: Hawks. Do you not think It should have been a burlier guy?
0: No, no, no. Do you not think Sam Rockwell and John Hawks could have switched roles and it would have been exactly as good? Yeah, I'd in, go in way, a strange actually. way. Like yeah. you think actually I would have I would have still loved that film as I would have, much. I wouldn't have preferred it. I wouldn't have preferred it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I would have been. And of course, uh, I'm going to single out one thing because this is a very—I love the film. So everything about this film works. Um, there is one thing that really hammers this film home to me, for me, and that's Samara Weaving. Remember Samara Weaving from The Babysitter on Netflix? She turns up in this film as John Hawkes' 19-year-old girlfriend. She has what is basically one line of dialogue, and it's, and it's great. It's an amazing line, and she delivers it so well. This one line of dialogue, it's a long one, Mm. but she just delivers it with such precise comedic timing that you will be rolling in the aisles thinking, wow, that's a lot of impact for what's literally about like 17 words of dialogue. Mm. (laughs) But okay, fair enough. Uh, Lucas Hedges is really good. Yeah, yeah, um, he's following this up with Ladybird, isn't he? Yes. Right, okay. And was in Manchester,
1: Sea last year. So did, he's just having a great time. Did he get any, rec- any awards recognition for that? Yeah, he was Sports
0: nominated for supporting. for supporting. I thought so.
1: Yeah, um, I thought so, cause I thought he was great. Isn't it?
0: I, I have minor complaints about the film. I think Peter Dinklage is a little underused. I would have liked to have seen him integrated into the story earlier so that he seemed more integral to the ensemble. Yeah,
1: but I think he gets two pretty key
0: scenes with Mildred. He does get two key scenes, but he does only seem to have four scenes. <clears throat> And for two of them he doesn't seem I don't know to be if he particularly needs anymore, though, really. integral yeah um there's a, there's a there's a thing about in the film about how the cops are too busy torturing black people uh to solve the murder that's literally what she says uh in there and it's noticeable that the film doesn't feature any people of color at all uh besides one besides one noticeable member of oh sorry two noticeable yeah, members no, of there it is. because yeah <laughs> no besides yeah. three Besides three. Who's the third? Yeah, uh, Mildred's friend that she works with. No, no, that was that was my that was the that she works with. Mildred's friend. Yep. The guy sheriff. Who puts the guy who puts the banner. Oh, and the sheriff. Okay, but what I mean is, the town has no citizens that the police would be accosting. Hmm. It's only people of color represented in the film are integral members members of the ensemble who presumably are not who the police have been tormenting. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it's just it's a weird little thing. You just think, could I just put a couple of just black like, background extras in? And it would have kind of
1: countered that point. Again, I don't think it's needed. Like, you no. could take from that whatever you want. You could take, like, there's not many people of colour in the film because there were, and we've mm. either been arrested or in jail, <laughs> are, true, are yeah. dead, or have just moved because we don't want to be. One kind of, of the proving,
0: proving her point then. Ex- yeah, yeah exactly. that, actually, that, that's yeah. fair. That'll prove her point. Um, but no, that, these are minor quibbles about a film I think is amazing. I think it's beautifully. Showed. Who did the cinematography on this, by the way? Uh, and
1: oh, I'm not up. sure. Um, I know that Carter Burwell did the score. And it's a good
0: score. Yeah, he did Seven Psychopaths as well for him. It's Ben Davis, who, of all things, is the cinematographer from Guardians of the Galaxy. Huh. And. Actually, to an extent, that makes a degree of sense because he does have a way of making colour pop in this. There's a lot of sunset work in this film. Yeah, and just the red of the billboards just looks especially its yeah, they're gorgeous, aren't they? Yeah. They're very threatening billboards as well, in a weird way. It's just a you know flat red, red background, but there's something quite ominous and threatening about them. Mm. Um, but there's just so many great scenes in it. The script is an absolute gem. Uh, sequence with the priest, the first drive-by <laughs> cussing that I can remember in the history of cinema. There's a lot to really love in this film. And also, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't it only clock in at just under two hours? Yeah, it's hour no, fifty five.
1: Yeah.
0: Hour fifty-five. And it's a doozy. It, I don't think that it ends how you think it's gonna end, as well. No, no, it doesn't. It also ends in like in a weird it also ends in the sort of weirdest, most backhand backhanded let's just set up the most demonstrably messed up sequel you could and never make I mean, it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really happy about that. I love how the, I love how it begins. I love how it ends. I love every minute in between. I'm a really big fan of it. So no, you did not undersell it. <laughs> at all good. <laughs> and uh, what's your next recommendation? What do I got to check out next? Ladybird. Ladybird. Okay, I'm on like based purely on the caliber of your recommendation for this. <laughs> I'm looking forward. to I don't to think Lady
1: you'll Bird. enjoy Ladybird as much, but I think you will. Will really enjoy it.
0: I love Saoirse Ronan though. And she's great. And, it. And the the trailer does make it look. Do you like know she's
1: a who I like? love in *Lady Bird*, but cool. I don't think has been in the conversation as much as everyone else. No? Um,
0: Tracy Letts. Oh yes, I like Tracy Letts. Yeah. He was in uh, that movie I interviewed the director for. Uh, what was it? The Daniel Radcliffe neo-Nazi movie. Oh, *Imperium*. *Imperium*. Imperium. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's the yes. sort of he's the sort of uh, Alex Jones figure in that. He and is, yeah. weirdly good casting as well actually it works very well <laughs> it does work doesn't it but uh, no so three billboards unless you have any objection I'm declaring film of the week i got no objection at all. excellent okay so that's film of the week it is settled if you are fa- if you liked In Bruges go and check this out is, is the short line but if you just want a really solid really superb work of cinema go and check this and just see what is basically a 90s Sundance film drag kicking and screaming into the 21st century with Gusto Glee and style um God, I want to watch it again,
1: now. I might watch it again. <laughs> I, I'm going to see it on Friday, I think, when it's, uh, when it's is out it
0: officially. I, I can't wait. So uh, next week, then, what have we got? We've got uh, Coco next week. Yeah. So Pixar New back. Pixar. New original Pixar. New original Pixar sans Olaf. So, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sorry, America. (laughs) That Olaf short is on Sky Cinema on demand. It's 22 minutes long. I might actually watch it before the press show of Coco, (laughs) purely purely to replicate the experience. I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up to the screening room 25 minutes early, just sit there with the iPad and watch the Olaf short, and then watch Coco. Um, Next week, we've also got The Post. Yes. Which got a couple stars in, I Mm. suppose. Mm. You know Minor acclaim I suppose Bob
1: Odenkirk's in it
0: Bob Odenkirk he, And he's yeah. the biggest star In that movie
1: Clearly That, that is mad actually <laughs> um, Both Bob Odenkirk And David Cross Are in it
0: I know It's cool. is it, is it What's the show They did together the uh,
1: Mr. Show Mr. Then, show That was it The Bob and Dave Thing on Netflix uh, Apparently they were cast With Spielberg Not knowing About their history Good god
0: that's that's a good bit yeah. of yeah and he
1: was like Bob do you know Dave yeah
0: I'm really looking forward <laughs> to I don't know I don't know the specifics of the story that's being told in it but uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll find out
1: Vietnam War well papers. that's
0: basically what okay, it's about the, yeah. you know the yeah. declassification of certain documents in the Vietnam War uh, we've got attraction next week which is just looks like this brilliant out of this world sci-fi epic from the director of uh, Stalingrad you remember that I remember that was that Russian movie That actually got released In IMAX the IMAX, yeah, movie, yeah. the IMAX Russian war movie Which was actually Not bad It was one either uh, Yeah he's back With attraction So he's gone sci-fi This time uh, We've got the Obama documentary The final year Which chronicles The final 12 months Of the presidency Of Barack Hussein Obama And uh, I, think, I think It's three key members Of his staff Including John Kerry So This is as much about John mm. Kerry As it is Obama And Liam Neeson's back For one last action film until his next Until one. Until his out. next this yeah. year. Well yeah. He's exactly. got a
1: film where he's like he's like an ice road trucker. Oh my god. I forget what it's called. It, it's like it's hard not, ice. It's a missile
0: like toe, is it? Missile Because I really need, we need to see that. Them. Yeah.
1: We, we, we need the Liam Neeson
0: Christmas we, action. Plan. We need that machete style. You know how they made machete out of Grindhouse? They need to make uh mistletoe out of Daddy's own two. Yeah. Starring Liam Neeson, but yes, the commuter is out next week. So Liam Neeson's going in transit. We shall see. It's gonna trains. <laughs> weaponise trains. <laughs> is that the one? Is this? Do you know? I've not seen the trailer for the commuter, so I don't remember which Liam Neeson action project this is. Uh...
1: This really just looks like non-stop on a train.
0: Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. But uh, So, uh, we've got all those to come and more next week off-screen. Don't forget to check onscreenfilm.com for competitions, win some swag. In the meanwhile, this has been a candy store for On Screen. I've been Van Conner. I've been Winston Churchill, the dog. And we'll be back.
1: Just show me the
0: way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Oh.
1: We're going to ramble about films for a bit. I like rambling about films. I love to ramble. It's almost like we it's constructed
0: this entire show around rambling about films. Because why wouldn't we? Would have been a better name for the podcast. Rambling, rambling about films. <laughs> Cine ramblings. That's what we should have been Cine called. Rambling. Cine ramblings. Yeah, trademark. Definitely. Me. Uh, I'm just looking through what news we've got left. For, you know, from the last. Well, couple the of days. the Baftas were announced. Oh God, yes. You want to take me through? This? Because I haven't had a chance to to see really what's yeah. what's going on. Uh, a lot of dudes. A lot of white people. Oh, so it's like two years ago all over again. Yeah. So 2017 worked out then, eh? Yeah, it did. (laughs) Yeah. So hashtag... Is it going to be hashtag Oscars so white again? I don't know. I I feel like they should add again to the hashtag this time. I
1: think Oscars will be more diverse.
0: Yeah, Yeah. you'd hope, wouldn't you? Yeah.
1: Maybe not as diverse as it was last year, because I think it was more of just like
0: a pointed attempt to... This is, this is the problem with the film industry. When they do the diversity thing, they make a big push, and then they forget about it. Mm. You know, they make that big push, and then they just go back to being what they were. So, you know. No, I think there's there's enough, like,
1: amazing performances and great films focusing different backgrounds. Yeah, that's true. That
0: unless Jason Mitchell's getting that nomination for Mudbound, I'm going to be pissed.
1: I, I don't think that's going to happen. It's not
0: <laughs> going to happen, is no. It? No. I do think that Mary J. Barge has got a good shot of getting support for Mudbound. Entirely possible. Mudbound has been getting some clout.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, actually, um, yeah, speaking about Mudbound, the... Guild for Cinematographers. I think it's the ASC, something like that.
0: I think so. Yeah,
1: they've just announced their nominees for because all, all the guilds have. Their <gasps> that awards got
0: nominated, stuff. didn't it? it
1: yeah, did. and it's the first time that a female cinematographer has been nominated. Huh.
0: Yeah. Ah, progress, at last. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. So, who are the... Did I read... I think I read uh, Shape of Water was leading the BAFTA nominations. Yeah, Shape and, of Water's got 12. And Three Billboards is the second highest nominee? Yeah,
1: with 9 or 10 or something like that. I yeah. think Dark star has mm. got something similar... That kind of thing. The well, Darkest but, Hour,
0: because um, it's a Churchill movie, so God forbid the BAFTAs ignore that one.
1: Well, they ignore Churchill. <laughs> That's very true. only <laughs> uh, allowed one.
0: <laughs> is, am I right in thinking Three Billboards is this year's victim of the, oh, but it's a British film, really, category?
1: Maybe a little bit, just because in Frances McDormand's speech she went on to talk about film four.
0: Oh, yeah. Bit. Okay. Because yeah. they love that, don't they, at the BAFTAs? They love... Oh, Gravity's a British film. Is it, though? Is it? Is, is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a British film. A- but- American cast, maybe a Mexican director. Yeah, but Fantastic Beasts is an American film. So, yeah, funny how these things work. Set. Still, set in America. Set in America, set in but America. that's the difference, yeah. Yeah. When Gravity is literally set in outer space. So, you know, that mm. one's anyone's guess.
1: Uh, well, as usual with the BAFTA, you have your best film nominees when you have your uh, outstanding British film um, category. And there's... <laughs> yeah. I think there's like a debut yes um outstanding debut by a british writer director or producer okay so yeah who's, let's, let's, who's, see yeah, who's that. got that one what you want to do uh, the outstanding debut uh
0: okay you, you, you might have seen well you've definitely seen actually i know Go very characters. little about this year's baftas okay so, so
1: outstanding debut by a british writer director or producer um i finally got have, the of uh the ghoul i don't know oh i know it is, the ghoul you know yeah
0: it, uh, i'll be honest it was kind of forgettable what Was that yeah
1: okay uh i am not a witch
0: that got some huge critical love from like
1: yeah. Kermode and <laughs> Simran, know I mean. and yeah. You know. Well, the next one I know what you saw, uh,
0: Jawbone. Oh, I liked Jawbone very much. Yeah,
1: isn't uh, Michael Smiley that?
0: That's Michael Smiley, uh, film, yeah. Johnny Harris, who also co-wrote it. Yes, who plays the lead, and Ray Winston. Well, um, oh and yeah, it was Ray Winston. Oh, uh, Ian McShane. Johnny, Johnny Harris is one of the nominees for
1: Jobo as oh, a fantastic. writer and producer. Uh, <clears throat> Kingdom of Us. Don't know that one. No, and the last. Oh, that's one. a Netflix movie by the look of it. Is it really? <clears throat> well, the poster on IMDb is got all Netflix, Netflix logo on. So. logo yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last one I know that you liked, Lady oh, yeah. Macbeth.
0: Give it to Lady but Macbeth, please. It's, good it's so
1: good. Okay, so uh, um outstanding British film, okay. uh, Darkest Hour, which obviously we just spoke about. Okay, Uh Death of Stalin. Oh please, come on,
0: come on! Come on. Give me Give this me
1: one. A God's own um, country, which I do really want to see. Huge critical love.
0: uh, yeah. uh Daryl over at Movie Marker, I do some of it sometimes. He he's really into it. Really into that film. Really big supporter of it. Yeah. Uh, I've never had the uh, the privilege. I I got tickets to a screening in here in Sheffield, and it was on a Sunday, and I wanted to go. Want to go to London? Yeah. <laughs> well. No, I I am going to check it out as
1: soon as possible. Uh, Lady Macbeth again. Nice. Uh, Paddington two. Well, we all know how amazing Paddington 2 yeah. is. Well, it pops up quite a few times, it and, and too, right about yeah. right so. And Free Billboards. <laughs> where, which I think we know where we stand on that one. Yeah. And then Best Film, uh, Call Me By Your Name. Yes. Okay, I've got this bit of the list. up. Yeah. yeah uh, Darkest Hour. Wait, so, so Darkest Hour is Best Film and Best British Film nominee. As is Free Billboards. Okay. Yeah. I, f- I find it weird Darkest Hour is in both, but mm. I've, I've not seen it, so I can't really comment.
0: Okay. Um, uh, Dunkirk. Oh, Shape look. of Water and Three Billboards. I love that someone's finally remembered Dunkirk exists. But, uh... Well, they're still pushing it for technicals and director and picture. Oh, please let it get you. Do you know what? It's such a well-made film.
1: It is, but I think directors are going to come down to either Nolan or GDT. It, and and, and I've, I've not seen Shape of Water, but this is GDT. I, I want to live in
0: a world where GDT, where GDT has an Oscar. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You look at Shape of Water. You don't even need to see the film. You just You know that's going to be visually amazing. Mm. You know that because del Horrors movies always are. It's the one guarantee you have. Yeah. So. Well, they're, they're both nominated for director here, uh, as is
1: uh, Luca Quad. Lu- Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino. That's what we settled on. Wasn't That's it? what we settled yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, Denis Villeneuve for oh. Blade Runner, which I think uh. is a bit of a bit of a random one,
0: but yeah. well, 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 well deserved as well. well. To be fair, I mean he he dragged the hell out of that. So
1: yeah, and uh, Martin McDonagh for Three Billboards. Excellent. <clears throat> Who was missing? Any woman, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so no Patty Jenkins, no Jordan Peele, uh, yeah. yeah, basically that. Yeah, yeah no, so. no Greta
1: Gerwig, no, of D- course, no, no, no DVs. About, uh, Yeah,
0: Greta Gerwig, aren't they? Yeah, but yeah,
1: but also no Spielberg and no Ridley Scott.
0: Now, to be fair, you've not seen all the money in the world, have you? No, right? Okay, we, we, it's not in the top five. I'm, so. I'm sure that any nomination will be
1: deserved just because that's quite a thing to do
0: okay i, I need to i need to just level, level this out about all the money in the world because i i finally saw it last friday and i saw it purely because i thought we'd be in the box office top five this week and we'd have to talk about it now obviously we haven't it came in at number six in the top ten so but i didn't dodge that bullet so but it, it didn't make all the money in the world it didn't make all the money in the world no exactly um right having seen the film here is actually what i think of it it's basically proof of life it's that movie only it's set in, like, the 70s. Ridley Scott is certainly uh, no Taylor Hackford in this regard. It, it looks it looks great and everything, but it doesn't have the oomph that Taylor Hackford put in there. Um, and the best... Wait a minute, Proof of Life with Russell Crowe and... And Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan yeah. The, 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 was, the vastly yeah. underrated Kidnap and Ransom movie, generally overshadowed by the fact that its two stars were boning at the time. Mm. And poor Dennis Quaid. Anyway, um, it's one thing to lose a woman as hot as Meg, Meg Ryan, but seriously, to someone as... Let's just say Not quite up to your part As Russell Crowe was At that point But I don't know Russell Crowe was a good looking dude Back in the day Now he's just hes Oh better. I meant in terms of talent But uh, Yeah yeah. Anyway um,
1: Wait are you, you saying Dennis Quaid is more Not now Right He was then Well back then he's a beth, he, back, he was a back better Back then actor he was a more Crowe. talented guy I'm
0: just, I'm just Interesting saying Interesting point Okay but um, actors can get better, you know, I'm look at Arnie Hammer, yeah. um, you know, who, who sucked until, call me by your name, anyway. minutes, you <laughs> oh sorry, final work. portrait, sucked until right. final portrait, I'll go with that, <laughs> um, but here is the weird thing about uh, All the Money in the World, none of the performances are particularly mind-blowing except for one, which is Christopher Plummer's, and Christopher Plummer's performance largely seems to work because it's Christopher Plummer, now, I've actually gone back and found the old trailers and seen the same scenes with Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Spacey in the makeup effects, and there's simply no way of getting around the fact that those makeup effects just add an, a, a, a distance and a sort of comedic barrier that, mm. that makes the scene work far well, it, less It was well. a studio
1: decision to get Kevin Spacey instead of just, like,
0: an older actor <laughs> <laughs> to begin with, wasn't Bet it? they ate crow on that one. Yeah. But, uh... But yeah, so All the Money in the World, and this is where I got a bit, bit weird about it, All the Money in the World got nominated for awards before anyone can possibly have seen it, before yeah. the film was actually complete. It was nominated because of the incident. Effectively, yes. And I can't look past that, to be honest. Mm. Any awards clown it should have had, for me, is dominionized by... Good word. Thank you. Well I never really get to use that in a sentence. <laughs> it's dominionised by uh, you know the controversy and the fact that <laughs> they have clear- that they've clearly nominated this for things sight unseen as an attempt to basically be seen to be addressing that controversy. Yeah, but Sorry,
1: please continue. No, I do think you raise a good point. Yeah. Um, lean actress, um, Annette Benning
0: for Film Stars Don't Die in Oh, yes, it was a good performance, though. It was a really good performance. Oh, have you seen it? Oh, yeah, Film Stars Don't in Liverpool. Oh, I think you were away that week when we reviewed it. I must have been away, I think yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I did that with Coulson, I think. I do want to see that film. But it's very, very good. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, she um, and Jane Bell, just fantastic chemistry. it. Yeah. Uh, Francis McDormand. Just give her the award. I've not seen Shape of Water yet, but I would be happy if you just give Frances McDormand yeah. the award. Uh, Margot Robbie for Aitania, uh, which I have, is great. I've seen it, and I know you have as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan, and That's my... I think I think she's really great. Now. Yeah, like I think I'm happy that she has a film like this now. <laughs> I watched I watched I, Tonya with my mother, who knew oh my mum and my sister both, neither of whom remembered the story. Mm. and my sister at the end of it was mind-blown to discover that it was true. I'm like, no, that's a real thing. We watched it on CNN when it happened. You were like six at the time. This is mad. Um, Sally Hawkins? Well, I I don't doubt that it's a great performance because it's Sally Hawkins.
1: Yeah, and obviously she she cheers me the entire... That's the thing. All, if she's yeah. getting
0: that for a mute role as well. you like, it must be amazing, it must be incredible. Yeah, and uh, Saoirse Ronan. So, do you? How do you think Saoirse Ronan stacks up against the others? Because I've not seen Lady Bird, and you have.
1: Um, I'd put Frances McDormand above everything else, but oh. then again, this is all subjective, and these <laughs> awards are pointless and meaningless anyway. Yes, so, who but cares? You
0: have an unnatural knack for predicting awards. So I know. It is a blessing and a curse. Um this year, can you please give me your Oscar picks to just take down William Hill the night before?
1: Well I, I did put a bet on last year. Yeah. And the only thing I lost on was Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I have a William
0: Hill account online yeah. that I literally Let's only do it. use. Let's I do it only year. use it every year for the Oscars. <laughs> I only put a tenner on it and I just bet like a quid on every category. Yeah. And I think the first time we ever watched the Oscars together I did that. And uh, that was at Andy's house, like Yeah. That was the year yeah. of
1: Adel Zim. That was the year of
0: Adel Zim. That's where I discovered that so, your was that, wife... Was that was... Gravity one. Yes, it was. Yeah. That that was where I discovered that your wife is very into award shows. Uh, very into she, the Oscars. She is. Wasn't that a year that Pharrell she's, she's very
1: Yeah, it is. She's very good at just not... I don't know how to say this about getting divorced. <laughs> Well now I gotta hear yeah. this. <laughs> She's very good at predicting the winners yeah. without necessarily knowing a lot of the background of the films. That's fair enough. Or like the precursor awards. So oh. like if it's a if it's like a surprise win, like she somehow will like have predicted
0: that. I've just scrolled my screen up to Best Actor. Yeah, let's and, talk about that. And oh my god, there's one that leaps out to me, but okay. Sorry, please continue.
1: Okay. No, I'm done. Oh, well, right. let's, let's no, I, was, I was just
0: looking at the best leading actor, and Daniel Day Lewis for Phantom Thread, kind of an obvious one. Yeah. Because i not seen that film, but I'm sure he's astounding in it. Because when, when does he phone it in? Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, <laughs> obvious one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I've skipped. You know, I've you know yeah. skipped yeah. as well, don't you? Um, Jamie Bell, film stars don't lie in Liverpool. It was good. Yeah. Don't lie in Liverpool. Don't die in Liverpool. That's the sequel. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, perfect, perfectly good performance. Yeah. Um, I don't think he stands a chance of winning for it. But yeah. uh, Timothy Chalamet for Call Me by Your Name. He seems to be a critical darling. I wouldn't be terribly shocked.
1: Yeah, it's a great performance.
0: It's a great performance. But of course, my boy Daniel Kaluuya is in there. Yeah, and which is yeah, good for them. Good I mean, he's not going to yeah. win. Not a chance in hell he's winning, but, you know.
1: Well, he's. I think he's nominated for Best Lead at the SAG Awards as well. Ah. So chances are he could be getting nominated out of the Oscars. I think he's really good in it. His thing, I think that he's going to come down for like that fifth position. I think it's going to come down between him and James Franco, which is what a world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it's really weird, isn't it? T. Leaf and Franco. Yeah, but uh, like there's, there's certain people that are locks at this point, like Gary Oldman's a lock, Timothy Chalamet's a lock. Yeah, I would say that
0: Daniel Day Lewis, is a lock. especially because it's the last time. Exactly. So it does feel like it has something of the uh, Scorsese getting off the departed kind of a feel. A, l- a little
1: bit, yeah. yeah. What else? Well, we well no, I, f- I feel like Gary Oldman is better. You think? Yeah. Because yeah. Gary Oldman's never won an Oscar.
0: Oh, he hasn't, has he? Yeah. In fact, someone tweeted that last week Gary Oldman's never won an Oscar. Just consider that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. That and is he's, he's been
1: nominated once for Tinker Tales Soldier Spy. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I've but just... then there's, 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 like, there's Tom Hanks as well. Oh, of then... course. There's a lot of just, like, outliers that could be
0: there. So I was looking at Best Supporting Actor, and, of course, Christopher Plummer is on there for all the money in the world. I love this. Yeah? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my, my personal favourite here is that Hugh Grant was nominated for Paddington too. Yes. And that's, that's amazing, and that's a world I absolutely want to live in, in which Hugh Grant would have after for that <laughs> um, Willem Dafoe for The Florida Projects. Yeah. Just purely for it not being a horror movie, despite Willem Dafoe running a motel. <laughs> that, that's award with it. And then you've got both. Male supporting cast members for three billboards. Yeah. So you've got Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrelson. If you had to pick one of those two. Sam Rockwell. You think Sam Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. Like he gets the flashier role, I think. He does get the flashier role. And that's why I wonder, would they would they give it to, would they give it to Woody to be less obvious? Or
1: I, I don't know. I'm finding supporting actor really hard to call because it looked like Willem Defoe was like... That actually like, looks like the toughest category. Doesn't it? I thought Willem, Willem Defoe looked like he was getting all the precursor awards, and he was just mm. like,
0: his. Did you hear a quote from Christopher Plummer about how he prepared for the role and All the Money in the World?
1: <laughs> was it just, be my age?
0: No, he literally said, oh, I just packed a suitcase and boarded a flight. That's how he said he prepared for the role. He is a pro. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also, if you ever read his autobiography, also has some horrible thoughts on the world. <clears throat> really? Oh, yeah, particularly on women. But uh... I don't want to do that, because I don't want to change my opinion of just, uh, if you ever want a horror read, then, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, supporting actress, uh, Alison Janney Well, we know who you want to win. It's Janie. Gotta be sure. I said to
1: you earlier, I don't know whether I want Laurie Metcalf or Alison Janney to win. Uh, that's true. But you do want to live in a world in which Alison Janie won. I want to live in a world where everyone from West Wing has an Oscar. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> like, consider this Martin Sheen has never been nominated for an Oscar.
0: That's very true, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Huh. I loved him in Wall Street. You know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm always going to say well that. Done. So, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas' darkest hour? Nope, not happening. Not happening. No, no, like no, no, the, no. These are
1: very Bafta nominations, aren't they? Yeah,
0: this is like like requisite nominations,
1: great performances, but people like Jamie Bell and yeah. Chris, yeah, but like great. Bafta staples, aren't they? Like
0: Kristen Scott Thomas is in there purely because oh, it's a Churchill movie. And you start thinking, well, oh no, She's best supporting actress. I'm going to say where's Jessica Chastain, but uh, she would be best actress. She's nom- she's denied that as well, isn't she? She yep. is here. Okay, uh, Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, it's great. Laurie Mack, do you know is am I crazy in thinking she was the uh the the killer in scream 2? Am I am I being crazy there thinking that? No, I I'll look at it. Go,
1: no, no. Maybe. Oh, I, I need right. to go back and rewatch.
0: Yeah. Do you remember the killer in scream 2 is <laughs> Billy Loomis's mother from from the first one uh, who she drove who her mom drove away. She poses as a journalist. She poses as a journalist and at the end she's she's unveiled as the killer. And I'm looking it up. I'm, I'm, I, I've got <laughs> you, Laurie back. You, you I, can carry on. God, I've, I've actually got it up here. Hang on. Uh, yeah. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. I'm right. Okay, oh, that, was, no. that was a good guess. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, there it is. First on her page. Leslie Manville, then, for Phantom Thread. Yeah. Okay. I've not seen Phantom Thread. Couldn't, couldn't possibly comment. I, I don't think
1: it comes out until start of February, I believe.
0: Is that one of the later ones this year? Because there's always that one token Oscar film that comes out after the ceremony. I think... <laughs> I think the cutoff for like theatrical films because they mm. we, well, we have like a window and stuff. Well, they do, it's, but they don't like six.
1: No, it's do. six. No, they, oh, yeah. Do they no? yeah, it's the
0: sixteenth of February. Oh, of course between BAFTAs and Oscars. Yeah. Uh, I always I mean there's that one film that always that one Oscar film that always comes out after the Oscars every year. Like they have to have had like a theatrical release
1: between certain dates. Yeah, there was something. I believe that Eytanya comes out after that, but mm. it's already had theatrical releases in London. Ah, that's like,
0: that would explain a yeah. lot. And of course, uh final best Supporting actress nominee is Octavia Spencer. Which got is a bunch of these now. Which is amazing. Um yeah. Octavia Spencer, best known for her acclaimed performance as Pearl in the Bad Santa movies.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And you know, winning Oscar <laughs> with the help, but Oh, did she do that too? That's yeah. less
1: important. <laughs> Where well, she has one of the best lines of any supporting actress ever, I think. Well, yeah. Where she gives her a pie. Yeah. Mid poop. Mid poop. <laughs> <laughs> Made a Poop. And then she says, eat my poop. But she didn't say poop.
0: <laughs> uh, best Screenplay this year is an interesting category.
1: <laughs> is it Martin Madonna, Martin <laughs> Madonna, Martin <laughs> Madonna, Martin <laughs> Madonna?
0: Well, Jordan Peele is the, the first name that leaps out on that list. Yeah, and you think, he, yeah he,
1: that's, that's the thing. Jordan Peele's there and Greta Gerwig's there as well. Yeah,
0: it's interesting that they've gotten screenplay nominations, but not, you know, director or... Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that was the thing at Golden Globes as well, with like the fact that Lady Bird won Best Picture for musical or comedy, yes, it won uh, one actress, but wasn't nominated for director. That
0: then. did get that did get pointed out. That was a, a big thing on Twitter. Yeah. But so got uh, Get Out, I, Tonya, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Those are your best screenplays. And then adapted.
1: Oh yes, I've not seen yeah. adapted. Hang on, uh, Call Me by Your Name, mm-hmm. Death of Stalin, Film
0: Stars That Die in Liverpool, Molly's Game. Game. And, and Paddington 2. Can you call Paddington 2 an adaptation? Because it's a sequel that's not directly based on any books. Yeah, it's just for characters. It's only the character that comes from... I just love how much love is,
1: uh, uh, Paddington is getting.
0: I, I feel like the <laughs> BAFTAs <laughs> have to, though. Yeah. I feel like the BAFTAs are sort of obligated to give Paddington some nominees. Uh, it's a great
1: film, though.
0: Uh, best... Well, who do you think is winning that one, then? Do you think? Well, for, uh, best for, adapted, for adapted screenplay? yeah. Because... I don't know. <sighs> I, I'd be honest, out of all of those... Let's
1: let's just say Death of Stalin because BAFTAs.
0: I say Death of Stalin or Molly's Game because I really love that script. Apparently he's, he's released it, by the way, online, the script for Molly's Game. Oh, has he? Yeah. Much, yeah they much. also weirdly released the script the other day for Thor Ragnarok. Like, Taika Waititi actually released it. Nice. But uh, I don't know, it's nice of them. Oh, and James Gunn obviously released Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. I like it when these directors actually do, even before like home video release, will just release the script release the say, Script, say, yeah. please look at our work. This is what we do. Yeah. I like that. That's pretty ace. I really I, I
1: enjoyed Ragnarok so much more the second time around. I, I loved it that first time. But the second time, I just...
0: If memory serves, we're only six weeks away from the home release. So it's coming out That's quite surprising. quickly. It yeah. comes out after... So you just after Black Panther. After Black Panther. I think it's the week after Black Panther's out. Incredible. Which I can't wait for, because I love me that Kendrick track. Yeah. Um, best cinematography. Best cinematographer? Cinematography. Deakins. Got to be Deakins, <laughs> isn't it? It's got to be. Do
1: you know how many times he's
0: been nominated for an Oscar? No, go on. 13.
1: 13?
0: 13. 13, how many times right. has he won? Zero. <laughs> That's about right. So you got uh, Blade Runner 24 and Roger Deakins. Darkest Hour, Bruno D- uh, Delbanel. Uh, Hoyt Van Hoytema for Dunkirk. Yes. Dan Lautsen for Shape of Water. And Ben Davis for Three Billboards. Now, the cinematography in Three Billboards is really something. Uh, but the thing is that Blade Runner is such a technical achievement. It's every single frame of that is glorious to behold. Yeah, it's amazing. And I feel like if anything else is even considered for the winner of that, that's idiotic. Mm. But having said that, I would never object to Hoyt Van Hoytema getting it for Dunkirk. But, it. And but also, I really deep. enjoy saying Hoyt Van Hoytema.
1: That's why. I, uh, I think that's why uh, Christopher Nolan likes to work with him now.
0: <laughs> he only works for cinematographers with, like... Great names. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, as Wally Fister will attest. Actually, since Wally Fister's directorial career has not particularly taken off in the wake of Transcendence, why has he not returned to the normal world? I don't know. Where where is he now? I don't know. Did he just become
1: like Johnny Depp and now he's just like in a computer? Has he
0: embraced the singularity? Is that what's happened? Singularity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think Blade Runner for cinematography, surely.
1: I think the editing's an interesting one
0: because Baby Driver. Oh, oh, here we are, yeah. Ah, now you see that thing. Baby Driver for editing is good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it kind of reminds me of when um, uh, Whiplash won editing of the yes.
0: Oscars, like kind of.
1: It's funny, actually, about Baby
0: Driver, I didn't know until the other day that Baby Drive I knew that Baby Driver was based on a music video. I didn't realize that that music video was basically the introduction of the film. Yeah, and that it was no Fielding. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Isn't it like um, Lemon Jelly or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. I know it's one that Edgar Wright did for Zumban, but yeah, Noel Fielding is the original Baby Driver. <laughs> it's great, is it? How weird <laughs> is that? So he was Baby Driver and now the host of Bake Off. What a weird yeah. career trajectory that man has. But yeah, what can you say? Yeah, he's
1: uh, both Antelago and uh, Sue Perkins.
0: I tried, to get, I tried to get them to let me interview him last year for... Uh, Noel well, Fielding? Yeah, uh, him and Julian Barrett what was that film the semi-improvised British film oh oh, you know the with the one? yellow cover yeah, yeah. Paul McGann in it, yeah, it sure. wasn't very good but they said like oh Julian Barrett and Noel Fielding are in this I'm like please let me interview them
1: <laughs> I would to to them
0: uh, well I gotta we'll get back to you they never did they never returned the call scumbags I don't know dicks anyway uh, so yeah best editing Baby Driver Blade Runner 49 Dunkirk Shape of Water Three World Lords not seen Shape of Water but I'm with you on Baby Driver that'd be cool that that would be a good choice, wouldn't it? Uh, finally, should we just talk
1: about the Rising Star Award? Yeah, I'm
0: trying. To, I was trying to find that one. Where yeah, is that's it?
1: That's one that's uh, voted for by the public. Ah,
0: okay. Who oh, won it, it last year? Was it, just...
1: was it Tom Holland last year?
0: I think it was. I think
1: it was John Boyega, and then Tom Holland. I think the following so. Year.
0: Not entirely. Was Tom Holland had a good year like last last am Pretty year. sure it was Tom Holland. But, oh, I, I just noticed uh, best documentary by the way, um, in which I'm just going to say it off the top, uh, just off the, off the top of my head, uh, City of Ghosts or I Am Not Your Negro, either one of those for best documentary, mm. terrific. But uh, so for
1: Rising Star Wars, yeah, who have you got? Because it's not on my screen, um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, who I didn't know was
0: Posh Kenneth in Skins. Was he? Yeah. Okay, I never particularly watched a lot of Skins. So he was in Skins. Okay, yeah. is that that's the Nicholas Holt show, right? Yeah,
1: or Dev Patel, sure. Depending on who you prefer, or the uh, or what's her face Kaya yeah, that's yeah. One. yeah.
0: But who else we got? Oh, Florence Pugh. All right, no, no, call it all off. It's Florence Pugh. Is it? Or was Florence it Pugh. Or was it? is it? Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson's got you know stuff she can be doing. Like she she's got like HBO stars to take down. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's got hosts to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, Florence Pugh. I that performance in Lady Macbeth is. Great. In fact, how is she not up for Best Actress? This is the Baptist, for God's sake. They're supposed to know this.
1: Well, Lady Macbeth is up for other ones as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. We've also got uh, Josh O'Connor. Who is Josh O'Connor? He's one of the leads in uh, God's Own Country.
0: Ah, right. Which I haven't seen. That's why I don't no. know. Okay. And uh, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet, who I just... Feel like it's just going to be this artful. I feel like you know, um, you yeah, know, Parks. And, you know that character in Parks and Recreation, Aubrey uh, Plaza's sort of gothy uh, friend who sits, um, stands in the corner. Orin. yeah, Orin. Yeah. Every time I see a photo of Timothy Chalamet, he looks like he's doing that, like he's just standing in the corner observing you. She's got
1: much better hair. Yeah, he's
0: got a head of hair, hasn't he? Yeah, it's great. Like that is that's. I need you to be a superhero hair. It's like him and Steve from Stranger Things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you mean younger Ben Schwartz?
1: Younger Ben, younger yeah. ben
0: Schwartz, yeah. John, um, John Malfio's uh, son. Yeah, I'm, about I'm always happy for Tessa Thompson to win any award. I love Tessa Thompson. Um, I've been rewatching Westworld this week, and I forget how amazing she is in that. Mm. Or how amazing Westworld was. God damn. Yeah, I rewatched it recently. Oh, so good. It's but great. it's Florence Pugh for me. It's, yeah, it is. I, I loved her in Lady Macbeth. She's so good in Lady Macbeth. I do need to see it. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, our final thing. That's just a David Lean Award for Direction. Nolan Villeneuve-Doltaro. Did we do this already? We've already done this. We did this. Okay, sorry. We're going over. <laughs> it was lower ground. down on my sheet. That was it it was. I'm sorry. I've got the IMDb page for the BAFTAs. So that's what it is. Uh, but So I've not got them in the same order. Did you use the actual BAFTA page?
1: No. Mine was... Collider or something like ah, that. okay.
0: Yeah. One of those. In which guys. case, probably written as they were actually announced, probably which was, makes yeah. more sense. But yeah, so interesting BAFTAs this year. When is the ceremony? I mean, just,
1: uh, end of February. End please, of February, and
0: Joanna Lumley's hosting. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I wanted Catherine Ryan. But no. I know it's an odd choice, but I would happily have sat through Catherine Ryan hosting the BAFTAs. That would have been amazing.
1: I'm fine with Joanna Lumley. I like Catherine Ryan, fine.
0: But, but yeah, I know. You you think you you see uh, Joanna Lumley as basically the character from uh, Wolf of Wall Street, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is basically kind of how she should be seen now. I guess so. Yeah. But, you take uh, care of everything at home, darling. I will take care of everything here.
1: Yeah, but, I'm sure there'll be some like like punditry that Catherine Ryan will do on Twitter. I hope so. About the lack of female nom- nominees. <laughs> so just we'll we'll just follow that.
0: Give her a He's good. Yeah, she, uh, she's good. Sorry. Yeah, she is. He's good. She's good. She's good. She's good. Hashtag her too. Um yeah. But uh, no incidentally Hashtag
1: uh, is not a real word.
0: True. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street was on film four again the other night. I was watched it? I watched it for what must be my eightieth time. Um every I, time it's on I'd watch it. I do, I still love it. I, I really do. Like that needed to be the best picture winner. Clearly for me. That for me needed to be the best picture yeah. winner that year. What won over it?
1: I can't remember. You usually know these things. That was the year when Matthew McConaughey won for Dallas Buyers.
0: Yeah, it was twenty it was twenty fourteen. And, yes, Uh, Uh, it was 12 Years a Slave. Ah! Okay, that's why I feel particularly bitter. Okay, that's why. Well, you know how I feel about 12 Years a Slave. We already had roots. We didn't need 12 Years a Slave as well. Anyway. I like 12 Years a Slave because I remember when I was working at a cinema, I had a
1: customer who was, I think he was from Poland. or He had quite a thick like Eastern European accent. Yeah. He asked me for a ticket for 12 Years a Slave. I think you said
0: like 12 years of rave.
1: <laughs> no, 12, 12, 12 years of slove. And um was like insistent that it was called slove, not slave. I okay. tried to correct him like politely. And he was like, no, slove. I don't want to see slave. I want to see 12 years of slove. What's a slove? That's what I wanted to ask him. That's... But every time I like... anyone knows, know, I, anyone I knows like what
0: that. a slove is, can you tweet us? Because well, we, need, we need closure on this yeah. in three years. Let's have some closure. But... Uh... Yeah, Off of Wall Street though. God damn, that's a movie. Yeah, it's great film. And uh, yeah, and, and also that's how we got uh, Margot Robbie. So yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, hard to believe that's only been three years. It's mad, isn't it? She, she's only been around for three years. Yeah. She and oh no, Wakanda had 2015, didn't she? Yeah, that, that was the year was, where she was in everything. Yeah, yeah, because that's how it works yeah. now. Do you remember the year when
1: Jessica Chastain was in everything? I think that was 2010 yeah. or 2011.
0: Yeah, one of those. When two, she was, in, she was in like the zero Dead, thirty. And, zero and, Dark,
1: yeah, I think that was maybe like a year or two after. But she was in The Help, The Debt, <laughs> Tree of Life, and
0: like a bunch of others. Yeah, within like a year. Oh god, let's not bring Terence Malick back into this. <laughs> no, no, less less Terry. On oh, which note, should we should we close it out for the week? Then? I think we should.
1: I'll I'll let you do the, I'll let you do the reveal. If it is your moment of Cage. Oh,
0: yeah. Put the right foot in. You take your right foot out. You do the hook! Oh, D and you! F-